Good morning. It is Monday, a new week. It's the 12th day of June in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's enter this week with bringing of all of ourselves before all of the Lord. Let's consecrate ourselves unto Jesus. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're hearing a little background noise today. My house is in the middle of showing, hopefully selling. Me and Lucy, I should say Lucy and I, Lucy, as you'll remember, is my little Jack Russell Chihuahua (laughs) terror. And she is just running around. We're in the truck, okay, recording this sitting outside, praying for a bingo inside of my home. All right, enough of that. Our, t- our, t- our entry today is called Finding Sorrow and Anguish Over My Lack of Sorrow and Anguish. And our text is Romans chapter 9. We're coming into chapter 9 this week, verses 1 to 5. Hear now the word of the Lord. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs the divine glory the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship and promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. We come now to a part of the letter I have all but ignored over the years. I say this by way of confession. I have no good excuse other than exegetical laziness and a lack of concern for the human race. And now I shall make my best effort at repentance. Paul, having come to the close of his magisterial elocution and declaration, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
now faces his worst nightmare. His own people are rejecting the gospel and its God. He takes it head on now. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. The story of the God of creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, this story is the true story of the whole world. It is everyone's story. It is not, as post-Enlightenment modernity would have us believe, one choice among the pantheon of gods and religions and philosophies on offer in the marketplace. There is not another true story. Sure, there are myriad myths and philosophies and belief systems and so forth, but there is only ultimately one true story. This does not mean we need to despise, downgrade, or denigrate the multitudes of other stories and their tellers floating around out there in the world. We simply do not believe them. We believe the story of creational monotheism as revealed in the Hebrew Scriptures, which has come to its ultimate redemption and fulfillment in Jesus of Nazareth the King of the Jews, the Lord and Messiah, Savior of the world, crucified and risen from the dead, and now ascended to the right hand of God where he awaits a final return to the earth where he will consummate the new creation. The people called Israel were raised up by God to declare and demonstrate this, the true story of history and eternity, of the heavens and the earth, for the blessing of the whole world and the glory and praise of God. They are the chosen stewards of this story, which is their story for the whole world. Indeed, look how Paul says it. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. Unfortunately, the people called Israel, largely as a result of their leaders, are actively rejecting Jesus of Nazareth as the Jewish Messiah and Savior of the world. This is hitting Paul with blunt force as he writes the next major section of his letter to the Romans, chapters 9 to 11. The grief overwhelms Paul because their rejection of Jesus is tantamount to a rejection of not only the whole story of God, but of God himself. Paul is crushed. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. 
the entire purpose of Israel, the people of God, to declare and demonstrate the story of creation and redemption for the salvation of the world and the glory of God, their entire purpose is on the brink of utter abrogation. Paul sees the finish line finally in sight for his beleaguered people, this long game nation, and they are falling down in the final stretch. He can't take it. He's willing to pay the ultimate price for the team. This statement shows us the depths of Paul's despair. For I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. So here are two questions for us as we sit now within a decade of the 2,000th year of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Number one, do we believe the biblical story of creation and redemption, culminating in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ and consummating in his final return, Do we believe this story is the singularly true and controlling story of world history and eternity? Or number two, and number two, do we have great sorrow and unceasing anguish over the failure of the church of our time, including ourselves? to declare and demonstrate this story for the salvation of the world and the glory of God? My answers are yes and not really, or maybe sort of. And you can insert the crying emoji here. The prayer. Abba Father, Lord Jesus Christ, blessed Holy Spirit, would you awaken us to the true and real story of it all? And would you forgive us for our failure to hold sorrow and anguish over our slumber? And would you forgive us for constantly putting our own little stories at center stage? which is to say, would you forgive us for not really believing the big story? We so desperately want to awaken to our moment in your movement. We want to play our part in this cosmic story of creation and redemption. Praying in Jesus' name, amen. The question. So if your answer to question number two above is a no or not really or a maybe sort of, then are you open to sorrow and anguish over that response? And why do you think that is the case? What do you think this has to do with question number one? And what do you intend to do about it?
I ask myself. Our hymn today, we're going to sing a hymn this week. It's another one of the big ones. And we'll sing um, a verse, a verse or two each day. But it'll build on itself, and this is one we need to steep ourselves in. It's called The Church's One Foundation. It's number 388 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. The church is one foundation, is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. And with his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one o'er all the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food. And to one hope she presses, with every grace endued. What a great hymn. That's verses 1 and 2. There's 3, 4, and 5. We'll be picking those up in the next few days. It's interesting here. The music, the, 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 the words were written in 1866, but the music just two years earlier, a hymn tune, written by Samuel S. Wesley. Yes, that is the father of John and Charles Wesley. Well, that's a wrap for today, for Monday, Romans 9. What a chapter. I'm having to dig deeper on this than before, ever before. And, um, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I think we have, in many ways, we've allowed our faith to just be bullied back in our minds as a religious option. It's one among many. And it's kind of like increasingly in our time, it's sort of like, well, whatever works for you, you do you, I'll do me. But I think it's to totally miss what the Christian faith is. The Christian faith is not just another religion. It's actually the true story of the world of the heavens and the earth, of the story of God. And so it's in a completely different category than all of these other religious options out there, philosophies included. Let's start thinking about it like that. Get your seed. Go out with that mindset. You're living out of this true story. It doesn't make you somehow superior to other people. It actually makes you a servant to other people. It actually puts us in the posture of desperately longing to invite others into this story because this is the story where 
we all discover who we most truly are, why we're here, who we belong to, what we were created for. It only resides in this story. So we want to bring everyone that we possibly can into it. And they'll be won into it by the way that we love them. In fact, by the way we love one another. Get your seats, guys. I'm getting mine. I will look for you on the field today. I'll be the guy waving. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.